Ladies and gentlemen, welcome up to 427 on Direct District Podcast. I'm as always on Tyler. And joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I am doing pretty freaking all right. We <laughs> got you going those, all oh, those ice drinks. Oh, oh they're so good. Dude, these things are freaking amazing. I'm trying a cherry limeade right now. I'm not sure how it tastes. It's my second favorite. The, my number one is the apple one. kind of like strawberry drink. kiwi myself, but. This it's fine. I usually drink like maybe one of these or something like that on occasion at night because if I do have like a little bit of a like an acid reflex, if like if I haven't drank a lot of water throughout the day, I need something that's gonna carbonate. But uh, other than that, man, yeah, I'm doing pretty all right. I have been predominantly playing more of New Pokemon Snap. That game, I kid you not, is definitely a lot better of a game than I thought it was gonna be. And quite nice. honestly, when it comes down to it, the not just the graphical quality, but the focus of the game, I feel like is more akin of what the Pokemon series I feel like should be capturing, and that's you know going into going into like a specific region and stuff, seeing Pokemon in their natural environments and stuff, and then just all these craziness, all this other types of shit and stuff that can say and can happen does happen. It feels more alive than, say, some of the gameplay that I've played through Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> that's that's actually pretty much a given, man, because it's like, I get the feeling that for some of the spin-off games of the Pokemon series, there is a lot more creativity and a lot more type of fleshing out that's done with uh, some of the Pokemon creatures in and of itself than opposed to some yeah. of the mainline games. Because, man, you can tell the difference. This is one of the best looking Pokemon games I've played even though it's not a mainline it still looks fucking good for what it is yeah it I'm like I've only put a few hours into it but it definitely it runs a lot better than Sword and Shield did mm-hmm. um, especially you know it, it has a for the most part a very consistent frame rate yeah so but uh, that helps other than that though I've done a little bit more rearranging of some of my room I actually went to my local JCPenney they're going on a business. They're liquidating a whole bunch oh. of stuff. I picked up... I went through and I picked up four small tables, right? So we're oh, talking nice. about the type of tables and stuff that are kind of closet size, you know? It's like the whole main purpose I want to try to do is expand my storage in my closet. But I can't get like a regular rack or anything else like that. And so while driving through near my workplace, because it's JCPenney, is like pretty close to where my workplace is at... I see these tables out and about in the front of their store, and I'm thinking to myself, well, those tables are small enough, they could fit in my closet. So, sure enough, I go inside, the guy that I talked to, very friendly guy, he's like, hey, if you're interested in, like, these two tables or something right here, we have a couple more, blah, 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 and so on and so forth, I end up buying two tables, two of these small tables, right? Get them home, put them both in my closet, and I kid you not, man, it's like, both of those tables fit with like barely like a half an inch to spare they were perfect set inside there and so what did i do i went through the next day got two more of those small tables but i'll tell you what man they were only like 10 bucks a piece really that's awesome these were the type of tables that you would use like say if you do like a changing room type of thing or they were like on their display for clothes you would have okay these are the type of tables and stuff that had the veneer sort of finished to them like on the sides and stuff so they can be easily scratchable but at the same time they're mostly meant to display items more so than they were to like 
any major quality type of stuff. But the main purpose of them was I needed something to get some of my boxes, some of my crates that I have. Plus, I bought some of these half-totes as well, so I have some of my Xbox 360 and some of my Xbox One games that are stored inside of them. And now it looks like I have a four, like a four-tier rack inside of my closet. Because, to put things in perspective, when I moved out from the other house I was living in, I had a double closet, right? I, oh, I literally yeah. had the biggest closet in the house. So, on the far left side of this closet... I'd have a rack that was built into the wall, right? And so I had enough space to where I could get my books, get my CDs, get my music and stuff, and everything else on this bookcase you see right here, it was nothing but my game stuff. But I had to get rid of a lot of stuff, but I still had a lot of shit left over for me to display, so I had to go through and do some interior decorating. So <laughs> this is probably the cleanest this room has been since I moved into this house. <laughs> But long story short, got enough room, got some good stuff going with this, eh, and yeah, that's pretty much how my week's been going, so how have you been? Uh, doing okay, you know, we were talking before the show, it's been a pretty uh, crazy week of work, uh, put a lot of hours in, uh, didn't have to work today, which is nice, it's Saturday night, I was recording this as always, um, but uh, didn't get a chance to play too many, really any games over uh, during the week, Uh Sorry, it was a weird reflection in my window. It's kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I think it was just a car driving by. Lights hit it weird. But um, no, uh, but definitely played a bunch today. But it's been an okay week, you know, uh, overall. It, it's been pretty much I mean, a little chilly in the morning, you know, but it's been pretty beautiful all week. And finally the weekend gets here and it's been, feels like late October, you know. It's cold, rainy, super, super windy. Uh, you know, it's like 40s and 50s out right now. Crazy ass winds and shit, but it's okay. You know, yesterday was my birthday. Turned the big three two. Hey, um, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, getting old. Definitely feeling it more and more every day. Not really a big birthday guy. Never really have been. Um, I, 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 you know, when I, when I was like, it was cool when you're a kid because you got stuff, you yeah, know. But because you're because you're a kid, you're just happy to get shit. But uh, any anymore, it's just like, really the only thing I ever want to do for my birthday is just not do anything, um, <laughs> which didn't happen. Didn't get to happen this this uh, with my job. Uh, you know, it's delivering stuff. We have a it's a crazy week. Just uh, a lot of people ordering flowers for their their moms and shit. So a lot of delivering. Uh, but you know, it's okay. Uh, went over had a dinner with my parents and my 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 mom and dad and my sister. Uh, they uh, grilled some steaks and asparagus, which was awesome um which is nice because uh, i can't cook very well uh most shit I, I make is already like pre-packaged shit and you just got you know right you know you do like you know make a lot of shit out of boxes or you know a lot of a lot of sh same generic meals over and over again so it was nice to kind of add something else into the uh to the meal that, that wasn't something that's like comes in a box and you just gotta follow the instructions or something like that so it's always nice when that happens um, they got me some, uh, for our, I showed Gables last week, but I got a, my parents, my family couldn't wait to give, show me, but I got, a uh, a, um, for people watching, it's a, it's a switch case. It looks like a switch, but it's actually a AirPod case for, uh, AirPods. So my, my family, uh, bought me, uh, AirPods for, uh, I can wear for work and then, uh, gave me a little, looks like a little mini switch to hold, hold them in. So that was pretty cool. Um. So yeah, uh, so it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good birthday overall. You know, we ended ended well, and then got to, got to come home and 
Uh, I was really tired. A long week. Just happy the weekend was here. Mm-hmm. Kind of crawling to, through the day. Uh, only just got to play a little bit of uh, Resident Evil 8 yesterday, but really dove into it today. So uh, that's been pretty good. Um, I did want to mention a few things off the top, though. Um, we are still in the process. People that may not know or um, don't remember or whatever uh, are... Long story short, I don't want to go through the whole thing again. Our feed got shut down uh, last week um, on, on May 1st. So I'm still in the process of uh, getting all those set up. We're just waiting. I put a thing out to get uh, new channels on everything. Uh, right now we are on Spotify. We are on Audible. Uh, we're on a few places I've never heard of. We're on Podbean. That is our uh, our host for our podcast right now for the audio version. Um, we are on there. Um but yeah, so we're in, I'm still in the process of trying to get all those set up. It's really just a lot of waiting for them to get back to me at this point, and then I can do do my part from there. Um, but it's a lot of it's just waiting uh, right now. Um, you know, our our the only things that don't don't are not affected are that we're not affected were were our YouTube and our Twitch channel. Um, so if you're listening to the audio version, um, you know, if you want to try to stay on top, yeah, thank you for finding us, but. Um, we are on YouTube and Twitch. Just look up Drunk Nerds or Drunk Dashers Podcast. You'll find us. Um, and uh, if you if you were people have listened to us uh, from the audio point, which 99.9% of you guys were audio listeners, um, hopefully we can get those back. But uh, if you found us, I appreciate it. You know, Please go out and resubscribe to all those places. Leave us reviews. Um, that's a good way to kind of get us back out, kind of um, you know, share it as well. Get us back up in the ranks. Show us some. I uh, love more people can find us to help fans uh, find uh, find us again, and then you know bring some new ones in as well. Uh, so it's kind of sucks after eight years, and finally really starting to see uh, the last couple of years uh, our numbers grow and get re- you know pr- a good spot to uh, kind of just be gone with uh, not much notice and no no way of telling our fans, hey, this is what's happening and all that. So um, like I said, working on it, but like every Saturday night. Usually around um, nine ten Central Time, uh, seven eight uh, Pacific Time. We're on we're on Twitch.tv slash Drunkners Podcast. Uh, so follow on there, click the bell. You'll, they'll let you know. Um, and if uh, you are um, you can't watch us live, which is understandable, uh, I usually put uh, I'll usually just take that stream and put it right over on YouTube, and it'll go up usually overnight on YouTube on YouTube.com slash Drunkners. So uh, subscribe to us on that. Ring, click the bell on that one as well as so you get notifications whenever we go live or uh, we put up a new a new video. Um, sometimes I'll we will do we'll do Twitch streams of us playing games like we did. We streamed us playing all of it takes two stuff like that. You'll you'll get notifications for those as well. Um, so yeah, um, we're still working on that. And another thing I want to mention, Gables, we are as of this weekend six months away from extra life. Yeah. I just want we are halfway there. Yeah, we are. Uh, so I just want to point that out. You know, if uh, people don't know or don't remember or just need a friendly reminder uh extra life is a thing that we do every year this is my 10th year it'd be gable's ninth year uh we play games uh usually the first saturday of every november for 24 straight hours raising money for children miracle Network hospitals uh they have i think this is year 12 for them maybe year 11 i can't year 12 um and so far they have raised over 75 million dollars over that course of that time yeah, we regularly now the last few years have been hitting ten plus million. I think last year, in a pandemic year, they uh, we we break the record every year. Um, usually, sometimes by maybe a million or less. Last year, I think they broke it by three or four million. 
um, the old record. Um, so I can't remember what the number is, but it, it was maybe 15 million or more uh, dollars earned, uh, which was incredible during a pandemic and everything as well. Um, when not only people are hurting the most, but um, those kids needed it the most. So that was awesome. And uh, so yeah, uh, but kids always need help. There's always more kids, unfortunately, that need help. Um, so it's a thing we do every year. We talk about it every year. Um, and I just want to give, give a little quick, uh, we're halfway there reminder to, uh, go to extra-life.org, um, look it up, read about it. You can pick your hospital that you want to support. All the money that you earn goes to the hospital that you pick. You can pick any hospital in Canada or the United States. Um, so, uh, Gables picks, uh, the one in Seattle. I picked the one in Iowa city. Um, so yeah, if you can support those, uh, or just tell a friend, someone that might be interested, share it, talk about it, whatever you do to help. If you have a podcast or twitch or whatever out there um or just twitter or whatever just share it talk about it uh more you know i don't care if we if listeners donate to us i just i would rather if we can get 10 15 people that listen to us start their own and earn their own money and then start a channel of people just you know doing the same that's even better to me um so yeah uh and another thing i gave us before we really get into the meat details of the show I want to talk about something. I think, I mean, it'd be kind of hard not to talk about it. And I don't want right. to get to like the, the, um, um, like the rumor or not the rumors, but like the, the here's what people are like trying to say in the air. But, um, I just want to talk about giant bomb for a minute. Um, okay. so, I mean, I, I broke, I mean, I broke, I heard the news broke to me, uh, on, I was on my lunch break on, I think Tuesday, just saw people talking about it. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I went and listened and I, told you I, I messaged you i'm like did you hear what happened and yeah you didn't know and it was uh i think i watched i i've been a i started listening regularly i listened regularly for eight years and i had to take a, a year sabbatical in there because i just couldn't keep up with uh yeah. all my podcasts and they're they're out the podcasts are very long but about a year and a half ago I went back started listening to them again been listening every week for like i said pretty much most of the last nine years and um uh, the, this past uh, Tuesday, Brad, Vinny, and Alex. Uh, Brad and Vinny are two of the originals. Uh, after Ryan and Jeff founded it, uh, they've been there since the beginning. Uh, Alex joined in 2010. They all three announced that they were leaving as of yesterday. On Friday was their last day. Um, so yeah, I just I just, I don't really I don't want to get like speculation on what why they're leaving all that. There's so many rumors out there. It's pretty it's pretty, it's pretty fun to listen to Beastcast and Vinny talk going in there, kind of talking about like this. We're not like, cause there's like, Oh, people, they probably left because they got bought by, by red ventures. And, um, they're like, that's not the case. We're actually better off with red ventures than we were with, with CBS. Um, then, you know, just talking about, you know, Ben left at the beginning of the year, Abby left at the end of last year and, um, all that. But it's like, they're in kind of a weird place where it's like, you know, giant bomb is never going to be the same again. You know, they get three of the four that have been there since the beginning outside of Ryan, obviously past, we lost in 2000. 11 i believe it was during the 4th of july like that after that 4th of july July weekend or something 2012 i think maybe was 2012 yeah so it was yeah i was in that area but yeah he passed away on his honeymoon um during it was like july 2nd or something like that he passed away um but yeah so i just i mean it's just like they were a revolutionary in the business of video games uh you know and kind of they were the ones that kind of shot forward kind of almost what we see for a lot of people today or, um, and it's, it's funny. I was going, I was kind of deep diving, going back, like listening to like favorite moment. I'm sure like a lot of people were going back, looking at favorite moments of like giant bomb or, oh, yeah. um, it was kind of funny. There was, I can't, I'm not, I'm going to butcher the quote, but Jeff Gertzman, who was 
kind of the face of Giant Bomb, um, did a, had a quote you in like 2008, uh, 2009 when when they first started Giant Bomb and talking about like uh, he, he he was in it's very accurate now. He's like eventually it seems like there's like gonna be a time you know here soon where it's like people will readers and fans or whatever will go to these websites not for the name of the website not for not because IGN not because GameSpot because of the the name on the byline yeah uh, or the face on that review or whatever and this is before YouTube was was around but it wasn't YouTube it was right. this brand new thing where like videos were less than 10 minutes um and it was just more like just stupid home video shit that people would post up there uh, and you know we weren't seeing a lot of there wasn't podcasts like they were and um, you know these, these guys really kind of saw where things were going like re- didn't really see what they weren't seeing where things were going they just created a path and this is like this is where thing we're going and that's where things went you see nowadays like very much what he said is true where it's like nowadays people you, you wouldn't think to, if you were leaving a, a big website like that or a magazine you were going to do you were going to be a producer or you're going to be a PR person. Like a lot of people that like Jeff even talked about really well. And, uh, I'm giant bomb cast, uh, about like, cause like Vinny, Alex, Brad, it's not like they all three are, they don't have like, they're not leaving for their job. It's not like they're, uh, this is, there's no contract in any, they're not getting this big payout. They're not millionaires. Um, they're just Vinny t- talked about. It was more like a burnout and just exhaustion of yeah all the hours you put in, all the work you put in, but also, being on your net is, is very exhausting, no even shit. for something like video games. Dealing with, you know, I mean, it's, it's the vocal minority we always talk about, but the vocal minority is always is the loudest, unfortunately. And um, so, yeah, it was just. Uh, it sounds like a lot of burnout, and like you've seen a lot of people like yeah. in video games talk about, like especially like you know podcasters out front, you know, they're on camera and shit. Like, it's exhausting not only the work but also the feedback and all that. So it sounds like it's more just the. The three of them, it's, it's, you know, I think it's just different because three of them are leaving at the same time. It's not just one leaving. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I want to talk about, cause it's like, you look at like, I think for a lot of people like that have, are doing very successfully, like, like, you know, like, uh, like an easy allies or kind of funny or what's good games or, um, last stand media or whatever, like you name it, like they wouldn't be around if it wasn't for them or like, uh, what's the angry Joe gaming, stuff like that. Like those guys wouldn't be around if it wasn't for like these guys, or maybe they would be eventually, but not where they were when they were. And like, it wouldn't be as easy as it was, or there wouldn't be the platform. Like it was like, they created that path. They are uh revolutionaries. They are a dying breed. Like these guys, these guys, like a lot of these guys we're talking about, they're big today. Like they came into it and it was already like that. And they're just, yep. they obviously I'm not saying it was, you know, it was easier for them, but like they worked their ass off and got there. But it's uh these guys created those pathways for a lot of people and it's just it's uh you know it's bittersweet you know i'm happy for them and hopefully they're happier um but it's it's uh the gaming world's not gonna be the same without the three of them well that's fairly uh, true I mean, you know honestly if it weren't for a podcast and a website like giant bomb to begin with going off the heels of where they were when they first started that you know when they first started it going off from the realms of being at GameSpot, I mean, hell, with that whole debacle, the Kane and Lynch stuff, it would not have led yeah. to the creation of Giant Bomb, which becomes yeah. so influential, and not just in the gaming landscape in general, but also in terms of even for like indie podcasts and stuff that kind of fueled a lot of that stuff from that style. We're talking about old sites that we used to go through and venture like a sarcastic gamer. If not for the popularity mm-hmm. of Giant Bomb and like have four four co-workers slash friends and stuff just 
you know, collaborate together and stuff. You wouldn't have the, all these indie sites going through doing the models. You like you said before, you wouldn't have things in prominence like say like a kind of funny games or Last Stand Media or What's Good or whatever type. Or Patreon. Or yeah, or even, create like, those certain things. things like Patreon and stuff because Giant Bomb led it led the way inside of this, not just the gaming like uh, radio journalism sort of like stuff, but they were doing things at the time that people take for granted today like on youtube or on twitch where they were recording themselves playing games and doing these quick looks where it's like they came from a time where if it was like say 10 minutes like hey nobody wants to watch 10 minutes worth of like game footage and stuff. yeah obviously we look at that and we laugh at that today because you have a whole entire website in twitch where people go watch their favorite youtubers or favorite twitch streamers played through an entire game like maybe a four or five hour game live on stream and stuff and you're like sitting back and you're watching you're kind of treating it like you would a tv show or like a movie or something yeah. like that where it's like you're binge watching this person play this game because you like the personality you like the content they produce which is more or less why people were so engrossed inside of giant bomb to begin with because you had four likable personalities four likable dudes you know jeff ryan and stuff those two co-founders and stuff like that you know it's like they were long inside the games media long before even 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 with Gertzman, man, right? Even before like GameSpot and stuff. I mean he was a yeah. part of like all sorts of various other tech stuff. But what I'm saying is like PC gamer yeah, and shit PC like the, like early two thousands. Even the the obscure stuff when him and Sussler would be hosting GameSpot TV back in the like, yep. um, the mid to late nineties. That shows my age because I used to watch that shit. But it's like with a website and with the influence of a giant bomb in general it shows you like the duration it's like they've even said it well themselves this is like a position and type of things they did not expect to last it this long in that regards inside of its current iteration and stuff sure they were bought by cbs they have another distributor and stuff that most recently bought them and it seems like a better deal than say cbs <laughs> but uh, at the same time it's like i look at it this way it's like the guys that are leaving you know brad Vinny, alex long mainstays have been around for quite a long time the, the giant bomb at the same time they've had a lot of good memorable moments and stuff in regards yeah. to providing a lot of enjoyment a lot of things but they do touch upon they do touch upon one thing that's very serious too which is like burnout inside of not only just the whole gaming journalism sort of thing but it's like it just inside of the entire social media on top of the internet stuff and and also on top of all the shit that happened in during the COVID stuff in 2020 and then everything else magnifying itself on top of the years that they've done inside the games journalism stuff and doing quick looks and doing reviews and doing this they've never really had that type of a break away from that stuff so it's like People can look into it saying it's something bigger than what initially was, but yet I feel like a lot of the valid points that they were making in terms of burnout are legit because, hell, if you've been inside of one specific field for so many years and stuff and all of a sudden it's like you get that itch, you get that burnout feel, like you don't want to go through and pursue it or you just feel apathetic about even going through and doing things that you once enjoy, that's a clear fire sign you need to take yourself away from it. And like, just distance yourself away from it for a while because honestly if you truly love something you gotta distance yourself and you gotta go through and have that fire just get back again it may be a week or two from then it could be another year or two from then you know it's like yeah. i don't feel like these guys are going to be away from games like the game stuff in general i feel like 
that they just need they're just doing a whole bunch of like just random stuff to get their minds at ease or just get themselves going in terms of uh have a large break doing what the hell they want to do especially in terms of biddy with his kids and stuff and his family and all this other stuff yeah but uh man it's sad that these three guys are leaving but at the same time it's like people forget the mentions like yeah you know giant bomb's still there you know guys like jeff are still there they're getting they may get like new writers new personalities and stuff that people may want to go through and invest into what people are kind of misinterpreting is it's like giant bomb the site itself is not dead it's just changing and evolving with the times and these three yeah. focal point guys you know they have done like nearly everything that they want to do inside this stuff and so they want to venture into other stuff it's just kind of that weird in between where it's like games media in and of itself there's a lot of different changes going through a lot of things are dying because of like a various amount of rising of like specific things i say youtubers twitch streamers and stuff that are very popular doing this and doing that that people are going the audience is going to them for a lot of various content too instead of like going to traditional mainstream like gaming websites like a GameSpot or an ign because quite honestly it's the simple fact that not a lot of people want to go through and read or watch a like an actual legitimate games journalist review a game. They want to get like a Joe, like an average Joe sort of perspective of things. Like the people that are actually going to go through, buy it, play through it without being forced in terms of a deadline or enforced in terms of like speeding through things and, you know, having maybe a skewed perspective of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think, sorry to cut you off. I also think that part of it is a lot of people are like, yeah, those reviews, like, you know, like, I, I, you know, I still watch reviews. I love like Easy Allies. Right. Brandon Jones is like to me. He's like the voice of gaming. Uh, I got it. I just, he's got the perfect voice um, for for what he does. But um, from Easy Allies. But uh, I, I think a lot of it too is people like the long form discussions now more than anything. We're like, yes. it's like reviews, like YouTube reviews, or, or um, just like you know, like the ten minute, eight minute reviews, and then. The articles, like they're really going to get any bullet points, but like I, I've I've talked about it before, and I think a lot of people are the same way. Where it's like, I like to hear three or four people just sit together and have a discussion. Yeah, like you, whether it's thirty minutes, forty minutes, an hour, like breaking down and talking about like without spoiling it, obviously, but like having full like they played the game, they beat the game, or like the game was so bad they couldn't beat it, or hey, you know, I, or, I and just the honesty of like sometimes you listen to reviews, like I've only played it for a few hours, but like kind of like we do, like you know, like we'll we talk about it. I was like, I want to be able to put this much, excuse me, I'm very burpy. This IPA is making me very burpy. I apologize. <laughs> but it's like, we talk about, we'll jump on like last week, you, you and I, you only been able to put a few hours in a Pokemon snap. I only been able to put an hour in it, but the game had only been out for a day at that point. Um, you know, so it's just like, I think a big part of that is changing. And we've seen that. Like now we have like, you know, like an IGN and like games, but they have podcasts. They have, they have Nintendo voice chat. Or they have podcast beyond, or they have achievement. Um, you know, like we, we we see these, you know, that changing as well. I think it's and then we have those personalities, which, you know, even they're doing. And we see, you know, it's like people can just leave and like we see people like leave GameSpot, IG, and these big sites all the time. It's like I'm just gonna go stream on Twitch now, <laughs> or like I'm, we'll have these like little side gigs that we do too. But like, you know, they're just, you know, they're you know they they're they use that platform to build their brand and they move on and do something else. And some you know some still go do. PR, but uh, you know they was talking about like uh, Jeff talked about it was like you know for a lot of people they go in they spend six eight years, you know they 
you know, until like their early thirties, uh, doing, doing journalism or being in the, 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 that side of it. And then they, the, the big plan is to move on and become a producer or yeah. do, like I said, be the public relations person or go help write on stuff like on video games, you know, contract stuff. But it's like, I mean, like I said, like these guys like been there for 10, 14 years and probably have their five, five, 10 years into it already. It's like Vinny, I thought described it really, really well. in one of the, I think it was a beast cast. I was listening to it where he's like, people, a lot of people were like, Oh, I think we just, you know, we just play games on a stream all day. But it was like for every hour on a stream, there's five hours of us uh, dealing with something else, whether it's uh, in inner fighting or uh, dealing with shit up top or just trying to fix something like uh, a, an issue with, with the stream or trying to figure something out, like especially work from home and have to like redo the entire business in a matter of like a week, essentially. It's just, yeah. Or just like, even like talking about like the, the process of doing an E3 and getting that whole setup. Like that's, like they start, he's like they talk about like they're playing that shit in January for something that's in June. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's I just want it'd be hard to talk about because like they are, they are the they're the mount they're the peak they're the mountaintop that's the dream for anybody that does a podcast or has any idea of wanting to be, you know, wants to wants to be in this business that wants to do that and make money and not only make money but like be somebody in this business like that's. I think that's what everybody strives for. And I think that's what everybody would love to be is like, and you, you see it like just like in like how great it is and like building and you know, like the, the people they hire, it's like Abby, Ben, Dan, Drew, uh, Austin, you know, it's just like the, all these incredible people, Patrick, uh, uh, they could bring in. It's just, it's yeah, it's always top notch J- Jan now and Jeff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, as, as a fan and just somebody that's, you know, a fan of the industry and, um, kind of know like i love for the most part what gaming is right now and like especially like podcasts and youtube and stuff like that like i I, I'm, I like where it is for the most part and it's just like yeah i mean like i said i don't think they're gonna be gone in this gaming uh sphere forever you look at like colin moriarty he left for a couple of years and he's like i'm never doing this again i don't want to i don't i hate games now because after a, a decade or more in this game industry and then 18 months later he's right back in it and he's doing his own thing. So I don't, I don't think it's a gone for everything, but yeah, I just, like I said, I, I feel like it's something that we, we, we need to talk about because you know, we're fans for a long time. It's, it's a, it's a big deal in uh, the industry of podcasting and just video games. So, uh, but yeah, um, time to finally get in half an hour into the show. What we, um, what we're actually here for, and that's to uh, talk about video games uh, in the, in the news. I guess this, you know, it's news, but um, to get into some of the topics, Gable, you, you messaged me on Monday. Yes. Uh, saying you want to talk about this. Uh, and I know when you come to me and say, I want to talk about this, I know you're passionate about it. So <laughs> you want to, you want to talk about everything going on with the return reviews. And I know you're not on, on social media anymore uh, besides Instagram, but uh, Oh boy. It's uh, I, I, I have a rule for, I've had for myself for a very long time um, about don't read the comments on anything. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just uh, something I know I don't like, uh, I disagree with or whatever. I still won't read the comments. Even if I know I'm going to agree with the comments, I just don't read the comments because it's just the mindset's going to put me in. Um, but I, I could not, sometimes you just got to, you got to look at the mess. And uh, this is one of them. And um, just some of the stupidity uh, around the, the fans, I think. Uh, and then some of the issues also with, with maybe some reviewers, but mostly the fans. But uh, I'm, I'm curious, what, what was uh, what exactly did you want to talk about with the return reviews? Well, let's see. 
In regards to some of the return reviews that I had initially went through and just decided to piece upon stuff, there was a video that I was watching on YouTube like around that same time during Monday where there are reviewers, not specifically naming which though, but there are some that uh, have quintessentially tried playing the game, but like uh, not necessarily beating it before like actually going through the post the reviews. I think my initial reaction why I went through and I messaged you, I'm just trying to remember now back to Monday when I initially did, just to try to remind myself. It was months ago at the, to turn our mindset. So. <laughs> well, honestly, with how busy like certain general life mm. is and stuff like that, it's like, yeah. it's like now what next in this regards. Yeah. But no, the initial thing I wanted to convey the message and stuff, instead of some of these returnal reviews and stuff, there are some reviewers that are not even initially going through and finishing the game before actually posting a lot of the reviews. Which then and of itself, you know, it's like, I understand Returnal is not like, say, a reviewer-friendly game by any means, because you have to spend a lot Extremely of time hard. in terms of getting through this initial process and some of that. But yet, I feel like it's a pretty dishonest if you're trying to go through and review a game, you can't even be bothered to go through and, and actually beat the entirety of the game before giving an actual, say, a perspective or review about it. Especially if you don't experience the entirety of what the overall experience is first before kind of posting on that and that kind of feels like kind of i kind of feel that paints say return one side of like a almost like a bad light sort of a way because here you have people that are not even going through and posting like say competent say reviews and i think the initial review from this was actually from like a note maybe like a noteworthy website i'm sorry if i'm not really completely like full of like say sources and facts and stuff because i'm just pretty much like paraphrasing about what i initially saw from like a random youtube video this past monday but i kind of feel like in regards to reviews like that where you're posting in general about a video game it kind of views that video game in a bad light and not on top not just paints that game kind of a bad light but kind of paints themselves as a reviewer it's sort of a bad light because if you're going to go through and you're trying to review a specific game you got to at least have a couple of different facts worth noting here one at least have a criteria if you eat at least beat the main game. You don't have to complete, say, 100%, but at least have it in that regards, have your focal points, have your own types of, like, details in regards to what you've actually liked and what you actually don't like. But if you initially go through with the perspective of, I'm just going to go ahead and post review and stuff like that and just try to make up a whole bunch of shit and stuff like that and just insert it inside and call that a review and just label it as, like, oh, hey, well, this and that and this and that, you know, without adequate things, you know, or kind of stealing content from like the other reviewers like a philip Mewson sort of shit then it's like then there's really no point of you actually going through and posting a review you know but yeah the whole thing about that review stuff it was like i kind of felt like it paints like returnal as a disservice in that regards because though i have not played the game in and of itself and i kind of i do want to eventually it's just that when you have overall review of a product in general the average person looking at the review expects the reviewer to do at bare minimum finish the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree with that for them. Like for like ninety nine percent of the time, right? Goddamn, this IPA is it's so carbonated. <laughs> uh, but you know, I I, I don't think one hundred percent of the time do you need to beat a game. Obviously, some there's some games you just they're they're endless, mm. you know. Um, but for like a game like this where it can be beaten, like I, I think. You know, like, 
if somebody were to put out a Resident Evil 6 review and didn't beat the game, right? and the whole point of the game, the, the review was the game was so bad I couldn't beat it. Like, I didn't want to play it anymore. That's fine. Like, to me, that's... If the point of the game, the point of that review is this game is so bad, I didn't, I didn't even, like, I didn't want... I did not want to play... It's like, I didn't put two hours, I didn't like it. It's like, I put... Uh, um, you know, unless, you know, it's a four hour game, I guess. But like, if it's something like what Resident Evil six, like you could probably beat all three campaigns in like 15 hours, 16 hours, maybe 15, 18 hours. Uh, but if you were, you put 10 hours in like this stuff, this is trash. Right. Like I, you know, I would totally get it. Just using Resident Evil six as, as an example. There's a pitter pot. Another one. If someone right. played, you know, played that game, you know, you could probably beat it in like five hours. It's like you put two hours in like this game is garbage. Exactly. Like, that's fine. Like if the, if the point of your review is this game is so bad I didn't beat it, that's fine. I I get that. Like that's that makes sense. I think it's definitely if it and if it's but if it is, if you're doing reviews and it's like if it's not like you're not a contractor or it's this isn't a side gig for you. Like this is your full time job. I feel like that unless you just you're not good enough you can't beat the game. Then I guess that's fine. Like, you know in a sense where like because Returnal is a, is a game that. Um, is a, a lot of it is not a lot of it, but a good chunk of it is luck of getting certain things or um, things working in your favor. But also, a, a, it's a very difficult game. I've, you know, it's like I know if some you can give me a month probably to review Dark Souls or something. I just couldn't beat it just because I, I couldn't beat it because I can't. I'm not good enough to beat the game. Um, you know, and that that could be my full time job for a month, and I probably could, you know whatever. But anyways, uh, I get that from you know. But yeah, like I I think. You know, as if, if that's your job, and I'm not trying to say, oh, well, you you just play video games. I know that's like we just talked about with Giant Bomb. Like that's they have full time jobs on top of that. But right. like, I yeah, if you are, but if like you are like time is set aside for your work day to play these games, and like especially Returnal, where it's a 30 hour game, and you, say you have a couple weeks to do it, right? And and you the time is set aside for you to do it. That's I mean, yeah, I feel like you should probably beat the game. I mean, but I I, I thought it's it's nuts. Like the the reviews the the I forgot, and I'm sure we touched on this, but it's like I thought fanboyism, or maybe it was just it went away over the last decade or so. Or, I mean, the internet's just bigger now. I don't know because uh, I remember like I didn't I, don't, I didn't see this shit. I don't remember seeing this shit during uh, when the Xbox One and PS4 came out. But like the last like nine months, it console fanboyism is back and it's show, rearing its ugly head. Um, and I'm a, I am a PlayStation leaning guy. I will admit that, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you know, cause I, I play everything on PlayStation first. Uh, and then I play the exclusives on the other, on my Xbox series S or, or if it comes to game pass, I play on series S and I play my the Nintendo exclusives on Nintendo. I play them there, obviously. Um, you know, but, uh, man, the, the outrage, and this is before Returnal came out, right? People were like ripping people apart and like, oh, man, like Reddit's the worst. Uh, like I, I like like I said, there's like I have made my my Twitch or my my no my Twitch my Twitter uh, to the point where like I don't deal I don't have to see a lot of bullshit like it's mostly it's pretty much positive and it's like I'm it's like the people on there are positive and the and it's just like it's news which obviously sometimes it isn't positive but it's like it's news of like video game news wrestling news sports news whatever and then positive positive people on my Twitter and that's what I see for the most part. Uh, but it's just like, God damn the, the outrage about the, about this game, like, uh, uh venture beat Jeff Grubb. Someone I talk about all the time. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's the king of leaks. Um, uh, but, uh, he reviewed Returnal and he gave it the, of all the big sites, gave it the lowest score of three out of five, no. which is difficult. He's like, it's not, 
maybe he's like, it's not maybe it's not a six out of ten. He's not saying, but it's a three out of five on their scale. A three out of five is still a good game. Oh, yeah, uh, even on IGN scale, that's a twenty. I think it's a it's a ten point scale. Uh, a six out of ten is a good game still. But uh, as you know, six out of ten, you know, it, they look at it as like a D. It's barely passing. But and that's and that's a, a Metacritic and all that's a different discussion for a different day. But man, like my God, the the outrage. It's it's funny. Like I, I was thinking when when I saw this stuff, like he was getting attacked and people were like. The same guy gave that gave Returnal a three out of five. Also gave the medium a three out of five. How can you say uh, this is uh, a medium? Are you saying medium Returnal are just as good? He's like, and then the people went back looked at one uh, one of the people on, his, on the website VentureBeat, uh, Mike Minotti. He talked about. He's like, I went and looked it up. Like he's being attacked for giving a medium a three out of five. He didn't review the medium. <laughs> In fact, the website didn't review the medium. There is no review for the medium on their website, and pe- like it's just like it now it's facts on the internet. You know, it's just that's how the internet is. People just fu- like make shit up at a certain point, and now it's factual. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's, it's funny. Like I was thinking about, like I was looking at this, and I was just like, I haven't seen like the review shit doesn't happen very often. And it's like the but like the fan fanboyism is just it's fan fanboys are the worst. Uh, toxic fanboys because like I, I I admit that I'm fanboy about certain shit, and I I try to admit that I'd be upfront front about it. Uh, like when Kojima does anything, like I and people that have been listening for a while know how many times I played Death Stranding, three or four times, and put ten hours into it. I put like thirty something hours in that game, trying to convince myself that game is good, and it's not. It's just not. But um, you know, it's like I was thinking about like Cyberpunk. It was so nuts when like people were like, I remember uh, he Jeff Grubb also gave Cyberpunk a three out of five. And a lot of places were giving it like eights out of tens and shit like that, eight point fives, and people were, before the game came out, attacking them for giving it such low scores. And then the game came out, and it was like, but they played on like because you know they uh, CD Projekt Red only gave them PC codes and purposely didn't give them console codes and made them all these promises we're gonna fix this, this, and this on day one. And then the game came out and it was broken as shit. And then everybody that was attacking them two days ago for putting out two negative reviews were attacking them for how positive the reviews were. It's like the same people. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> like, like, you know, I understand like this is video. Like we bitch and moan about video games. We, cause we love them. And I right. get like, it's like, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I, don't know, I can't, well, like, I try not to be a toxic person. Like I, I, especially as I'm getting older, I try to be more positive about things, you know, like, I, I mean, I still bitch and moan about things on here. Like things that upset me, I still talk about, but for the most part, I try to bring a different, I feel like, um, I have bec- become more positive on this show. I mean, obviously there's still times where I'm a grumpy old bastard, but you know, I try to always, like I said, even with like Twitter and all that, like I've tried to, and I've just taken like all the neg trying to take as much negativity as possible. And I like, think that's, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some negatives in that. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's just well, at the end of the day, boys suck. Even with like the review of like say Jeff Grubb with uh, Returnal and stuff, and even as far back as uh, what is it, two thousand five, two thousand six, when Jeff Kurtzman actually put the eight out of ten, I think, for uh, Twilight Princess, and the whole oh yeah that goes around from back then, and even for reviews back then, back now. Yeah. It that regards there's still fanboys, there's still opinions. At the same time, it's like it's one person's opinion about a specific game and if that doesn't match yours and stuff, especially if you haven't played the game or you feel like you have interest in the game, so what? 
You know, yeah. it doesn't really matter in terms of you changing someone's opinion to try to match your own or trying to, say, flame someone in regards to, oh, okay, well, they don't like this game, and I don't believe that this game should deserve this score. I mean, honestly, you can think that way, but at the same time, it's like without having played the game yourself or without having, you know, done a lot of different things, you know, it's like there really isn't any reason to go through and chastise the person for expressing their opinions in regards to what a game or even form of media they review in that regard. Yeah. Now, yeah. what's worth, say, criticizing a reviewer for is if, say, they're disingenuous in terms of what they are presenting for the review, like, say, if they went and they were paid for review, they didn't say that they were going and getting, like, all these positive stuff, you know, from, like, a gaming company in order to try to boost the review scores, which, yeah, that has happened with some in the past, but in that regards, you know, there are times when it's, you know, credible to go through and critique someone that has done reviews for media, but in general, it's like, if somebody gives a review and they don't like a game or they don't like something and they give it, like, a 3 out of 5 or a 6 out of 10 or whatsoever, I mean, hey, that's one person's opinion. All that matters is you as the consumer, if you like something, you bought it and you enjoyed it, then it's good. There's no need to go through and just, you know, bitch and moan about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because it's like, sorry to keep this going, but it's like, so I am, there's a a handful of uh, video game podcasts and uh, video game people that I support on Patreon every month. Uh, Kind of funny is one of them. Uh, And I listen to a majority of their content and like, they did a a a, a, a gamescaster, their weekly video game podcast, and they did a review. They did like their uh, Resident Evil Eight review, and they had Brittany Braunbacher from uh, What's Good Games and uh, Blessing and uh, Greg and Tim were all on there. All four had beaten the game, and they were talking about the the game. And Tim loved it. Blessing and Greg, they were like, "Yeah, it's okay." Like, it, but they're not big Resident Evil fans. They admit that, but like, they, they think it's fine. Uh, Greg said they didn't really click for him, but he still enjoyed it. And Brittany, who is who did the he, she was on the Resident Evil showcase stuff. She was a host of those, both of those. Um been a fangirl number one of Resident Evil games. Uh, reads of the books, all that. Super, super fan. Talked about it. she's like, I love the first half, the second half didn't really click for me. And it was funny because like the complaint complaints they always get about the reviews is that when they do these reviews, is that they they all agree too much or they're too positive about shit or whatever. And then on this one Blessing and and t- our blessing and Greg were like, yeah, it was okay. And then you know, Brittany was even like, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then Tim was like, I really liked it. And then like the comments blew up as like, why are Blessing and Greg even on this? It's like, okay, wait. So we went from we agree too much to now, if you don't like it, then why are you even talking about it? It's like, what, what the yeah, fuck? that doesn't make any sense it's, to me. I mean, in that yeah. point of view and that perspective and stuff, you actually have almost a balanced way of. Of forms of opinion yeah. and stuff. You can't just have one that's good, one that's bad. I mean, you're going to have multiple different types of opinion of a game, regardless of who plays it. So in that yeah. case and scenario, yeah, I don't understand what the people want. <laughs> yeah, and that's, the, that's I mean, I don't know why we're turning the bitch about the internet uh, podcast right now, but <laughs> I mean, that's just like my biggest, uh, I can't, there's a term for it and I can't think of the term, but it's like the people don't, they just want to, they don't want to hear, even if, right wrong or different whatever they don't want to hear differing 
opinions of something, even if they haven't played the fucking game yet. It's not even out yet at that point. Like the reviews drop when this podcast dropped Wednesday. The game didn't come out till Friday, and but it's just like people don't want it. They want to hear things that clarify or cement their their feelings or their opinions, but they don't want to hear um, differing ones. And it's like I I understand. Like I, I I want people to love all the same things that I love too. Or you know, like if Metal Gear Six, Solid Six came out, and I heard people were saying, "Yeah, it was okay." Like I'd be upset. I would not with them, but I'd be upset. Yeah, but it's like I want to be mad, but it's I don't know. It's just I don't know. I like I love li- I listen to a lot of different podcasts, uh, video games and sports and whatever. But it's like I love listening to like so many different ones because I like I love because I like to hear different opinions, even if I don't agree with them. Even if like I, I like, but I like to hear the argument about those. And like I feel like sometimes it like I makes me sometimes better as a podcaster. Like I'm not trying to steal, to come up with like oh okay I like that I'm gonna take that and put it in here. But it's like I like hearing their ideas, hearing those arguments, even if they're not on a podcast together, but just hearing those arguments separately. So I can kind of, it helps me format my own opinion sometimes. and like, hear it from a different perspective as well. And I, I just, yeah, I feel like someone phrased it really well on, 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 on Twitter. Like a really good tweet the other day. It was like, there, I, I can't, I'm going to butcher it, but it was like, there's more information like out there than ever before. And yet we are dumber than we've ever been before. Yeah. Uh, so Maybe not dumber than we've ever been, but I mean, it's obviously probably blown out of proportion a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we need to get to uh, some more, some news here, Gables. Let's get some positive news. What's up about how Nintendo is fucking killing it, man? Uh, so I have a diff- couple different articles here, both these from uh, Venture Beat. Uh, it was kind of nicer. I usually hate when I, I, my, I love, I always talk about how I love now Nintendo breaks down everything so well for how all their games sell. Uh, their units sell, break everything down super well. Um, but I always hate when I go on these websites, they'll break them up over like 10 articles to give you like, um, so you have to click on each one. I understand that it's a business thing. I make, you know, get ad revenues, but VentureBeat only did two articles this time, which I love. Thank you so much. One breaking down the individual sales of all their games and one breaking down about the sales of the Nintendo switch. So, Jumping into it here, the Switch, as of March 31st, uh, for the end of the fiscal year, has sold 84.59 million consoles, uh, 587 million copies of software, and that has outdistanced the 3DS, which sold 76 million systems and 387 million copies of software. Um, So, yeah, that's nuts. Um, uh, Let's see here. Nintendo forecast that it would sell another 26.5 million consoles in the next year ending march 31st 2022 so that means there'll be around 110 million if they hit that um this time next year or well as of march or april 1st 2022 um which i think i think right now that puts them in the top five of all time for a console sell or no if they get to the 110 that put them in top five i think behind behind uh ps2 game boy uh because game nintendo combines game boy and game boy color together which still bothers me to this day right uh, but it's like what PS4, PS2, Game Boy, Game Boy Let's Color, see. and Wii. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, think those are the are, consoles that are left. not in that order, but not in that uh, order I think and it's, stuff. But yeah, you think it's what? Yeah, so it's clear PS2, we have PS2 that's Game like Boy. number one, and then you have Wii. Yep. I know the Game Boy, Game Boy Color line is definitely there. The original PlayStation is there, but uh, at the same point, it's like for the overall sales and stuff. This is a lot more than anyone even thought the Switch was going to do. No one thought that given four or five years, nearly five years of like 
the Switch. Four years. Well, yeah, four years. That's what yeah. you said. They did March, this all March and sold the 3DS in four years' time. It shows you how successful they were in terms of not only advertising, but in terms of how they were able to get things into perspective in order to avoid entirely what they did with the Wii U and the cross-generational stuff with that. But... It also brings up the possibility, and I firmly believe now, they're going to surpass the Wii's lifetime sales in less time than the Wii was on the market. <laughs> yeah, I need to look up the sales numbers for that, because uh, for because I, I know the PS4 is in fourth place right now yeah. um, with about 115 million sale, uh, sold. So... Um, but I mean, so they won't quite hit that because you gotta imagine the PS4, even though the PS5 is out, it's probably gonna still sell a few million or so, maybe in the next next year. But um, on top of that, um, this is just between April 1st of 2020 and March 31st of 2021. Animal Crossing sold 20.85 million units. <laughs> um, uh, Mario Kart 8 sold 10.62 million units, and it's fourth year on the market. Wow. Uh, eighth year or seventh year on the market if you include the the Wii U version. Um, and the and the Ring Fit Adventure has sold 7.38 million copies in that 12 month span, putting it at over 10 million in its lifetime. Uh, and that came out, I think, in March or February of 2020. Yep. So right before the pandemic, or no, it was it was the year before. It was 2019. It came out, and that, that thing just it sold three million in its first basically year and change on the market, and then the in the last year it sold uh, seven seven point four million. Um, I wanted to find something. They broke it down uh, how many were switch lights and how many were. Um, I should have highlighted it. I don't know. I didn't. Um, sorry. Here, I'm just trying to scroll and see if I can find it. I can't find it. Uh, but it was like something like I think around 20 million of those of those 86 are switch lights, so they're right. selling super well. Um, and that's switch lights have been on the market since September of 2019. Yep. That's a year and a half basically in the market. Uh, and then here is the I want to break down. The, uh, some of the sales numbers for the uh, Switch games. Um, so now there are, there are 36 games that have surpassed 1 million copies sold. 22 of those are Nintendo games. 14 are third-party sellers. Um, and some of uh, uh, Jeff Grubb, speaking of uh, just him a little bit ago, he was trying to figure out those 14 games that are third-party that have... Um, he's like, well, okay, there's probably, what, four Just Dance games, five Just Dance games that have broken that number. Hades, Mario, and Rabbids is technically a third-party game. Yep. Um, and there was a couple other he had, so we, like he kind of figured out like eight or nine of them. But um, so now, uh, so here's like they kind of broke down here in his article here. Uh, the switch, the switches, uh, ten million seller club. We have number one, of course, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe at thirty five point four million. Um, Animal Crossing at thirty two point six three million. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate twenty three point eight four million. Breath of the Wild twenty two point two million. Sword and Shield twenty one million. Yep. Mario Odyssey at 20.8 million. Uh, Mario Party at Super Mario Party at 14.8 million. Uh, Let's Go Pikachu at 13.2. Splatoon 2, 12 12 million. Uh, Super Mario Mario Brothers U Deluxe at 10 million. Ring Foot Adventure just hit the 10 million mark. And then we have also a list here of million seller clubs. So Mario 3D All Stars, uh, final sales numbers at 9 million. Uh, And just what, eight months on the market? Seven months on the market because it's no longer available. Uh, Mario 3D World with just about what came out in February, so about seven weeks in the market, already at 5.6 million. Luigi's Mansion 3, look at this little motherfucker, 9.6 million. <laughs> um, here, uh, Iron Warriors Age Calamity at 3 million, Pikmin at 2 million, Mario Maker at 7, 
uh, Mario Kart Live, that that weird uh, kart track where you make your own track, yeah. uh, is at 1.2. Link's Awakening at 5.5. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, I mean, obviously, just more Nintendo killing it. I, I just, like I said, I love, I'm a, kind of a, a numbers nerd, but I just love how Nintendo breaks it down, especially it's just how successful um, they've been. They have two at over 30 million. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, six of them at 20 million plus. Um, so yeah, just, uh, incredible. I think uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, if you include Mario Kart 8's Wii U and Deluxe sales, I think it puts them over 40 million copies sold. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that is fantastic. Making it the number one selling Mario Kart game of all time. I believe Mario Kart Wii U was at like, or Mario Kart Wii was like around the 37, 38 million, uh, seller mark. Yep. So yeah, I mean, just doing incredible. Gables, what's, what's your thoughts on some of these numbers? be perfectly honest with you, I knew that a lot of these games would be successful. Honestly, the Switch being successful as it is, yeah, it's no surprise to me, but seeing how much of a success the system is on top of how well all these games have been selling. I mean, hell, Mario Kart 8 was on the Wii U. It was limited to the to how many people million. were inside there, which is close to about 13 million people. Yeah, that's 12.8, yep. But at the same time, it's like that just shows you how how much a good Mario Kart game does on Nintendo platforms. If and this is part of the reason why they usually do it like maybe once a generation, because it's like that one game will cycle through throughout the entire generation and will literally skyrocket up to almost like say GTA sort of levels in terms of yeah. a generation. But. Very surprised to see how well Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 8 did in general in that regards. Definitely interested seeing like Luigi's Mansion 3 doing fucking phenomenal in terms of its sales and stuff. Of course, the Super Mario 3D All-Star stuff, that should have never been taken off the market. That sells itself, quintessentially. Mm -hmm. Old Mario games, some of the best Mario games on top inside of this one complete package and stuff sells itself i literally yeah. i mean you yeah sorry to cut you off but you could argue that it probably sold better in that time frame because of that that yeah. timeline but it, overall it probably would have sold a lot more copies if it was just out there forever exactly but go on but it's just like what i was saying and stuff it's like for copies of that game you know if you haven't got it now if you own a switch and stuff and you see physical copies at your local retailers like a walmart like a target like a best buy buy it I mean, yeah. they may be, like, retro Mario games and stuff, but these are for people of all ages, quintessentially. You're getting some of the three best of, like, the platforms past. You know, Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy. I mean, hell. Two out of three good games there. <laughs> Depending upon who you talk to. Yes, two, two yeah. out of three good games. But uh, I know at my Walmart, there is still, like, about a good solid, maybe six or seven copies left. Why didn't you buy them? I have mine. Be, you I could be millionaire one. right now, Gables. You got a Pokemon. You got a oh, you got a Charizard sitting there, <laughs> and you got six or seven fucking Mario uh, Mario 3D All Stars. What the hell are you doing? Apparently, I'm sitting on a gold mine, not even knowing it. But yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll 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 fucking Apple pay you the goddamn money. You go buy them for me. <laughs> but yet, man, I'm just happy that all these games are selling well on the Switch and that the Switch is a successful console. Because this is what I've wanted for, like, the past good solid, like, 
ever since the Wii ended and stuff, towards the end of that cycle, is just consistent console where I play a lot of great first-party Nintendo games and then have a form of third-party support akin to, say, an NES or a Super Nintendo. I mean, that's what I've wanted, and that's what the Switch is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's like, only I think it's going to get better. Um, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, especially if we, the Switch Pro rumors of it coming out either at the end of this year or early next year are true. Yeah, they're definitely going to hit that 26 million mark as long as they can make them. Obviously, they're dealing with the semiconductor shortage. But uh, I wanted to stick with uh, Nintendo news here. Uh, so Nintendo announced uh, their uh, their next game that's going to be coming out on June 10th or 11th. I can't remember. Uh, but it is called uh, Game Builder Garage. Um, it is a um, basically like a – I'm just going to read what here. So from Nintendo here. Uh, learn to make games from the minds of Nintendo. Uh, it's a guided lesson and cute creators are, are designed, designed to help you create a multitude of gaming experiences. Um, so uh, it's designed to teach visual game programming by connecting creatures uh, called uh, Nodden, I believe I say it. Uh, there are dozens of Nodden in the Game Builder Garage, uh, each with its own freak, uh, unique function. Lessons will be, will be available to teach um, you've the basic, uh, sorry, lessons will be available to teach you the basics of gaming design with free program mode available for those who want to go, uh, want to go the wild, uh, want to go, uh, want to go wild. Sorry. Um, so yeah, this is coming out on June 11th and I believe it's going to be $30. It will be a physical edition you can buy as well in stores. Um, so yeah, we both watched trailer for this one. Gables, what's your, what's your thoughts when you saw this trailer? To be perfectly honest, I was kind of surprised to see Nintendo actually going to, actually going this route in terms of a game release you know it's like you don't really get like an aspect of the full creative process of how nintendo goes through and makes their games of course you hear like snippets here and there from like developers and this and that we've seen like elements of creation tools before presented by nintendo as a company i'm talking about things from the past say like warioware diy i've tried little bits of things where you where you actually could essentially created your own mini games in the warioware sort of format We've seen elements of that with Super Mario Maker, which try to make your own Mario games and this and that. But this is this feels like a more sort of a gamble in regards to their approach because now they're trying to go through and have okay, there's the entirety of these type of game tools that will help you learn how to use and stuff. Now the only thing that really bars you is your creativity and what you do with them. Mm-hmm. So people have akin it to sort of like a Nintendo's answer to Dream. I kind of feel yeah. like it's sort of like. A little bit different in terms of that where it's like it's more of a focused sort of aspect to where they go through the various guides and processes of what you want to go through and try to create i have not even tried anything in terms of dream in terms of his content but i've seen content to where people have actually created entirety of like the actual like working games like say recreating the entirety of say mario 64 inside of the dreams yeah format you know that is pretty sonic games or sonic games and this and that but uh i'm fairly i'm fairly fascinated in terms of how well these tools are and how well these things are going to be represented in terms of how nintendo and their creative process how they go through and develop it more so than i am actually going through and trying to create some of this content i'm more of the mind where i like to see what people do with these tools if anything because you could yeah. make, like, the standard stuff that they've got already built in. Like, say, a you want to do, like, a side-scrolling, like, a shoot-em-up game or something. Okay. You want to do, like, a random puzzle game or a random, like, a 
like early access sort of like platforming game you know it's like you can do that but i was more surprised with the announcement than anything and that's because of how bold nintendo was going with the approach of a game like game maker hmm. yeah uh I, I like the idea they didn't put it like a, in a direct because i feel like this game would like if it was put in the middle of a direct somewhere it, it, it just kind of yeah exactly yeah, yeah perfect way of putting it it wouldn't it would have been buried and yeah, well, that was kind of a cool little thing they had there. What's the game called? Game game uh, build, game builder, whatever. Uh, you know, like we would have we would have completely forgot about. It. So putting it on its own, this is that perfect game for that. You know, kind of like just doing that and then just build, giving it its own uh, bit, and only giving it about a month before it's out too. So not really uh, getting too crazy with it, not letting the hype build too much. I think yeah, like it definitely it's gonna be more of like a like dreams is like a thing where like you can get crazy with that fucking thing. Like it's incredible. Like I'm there to play Dreams, but it's, I love like especially when the game first came out. Some of the people did with that shit. Like you talk about, they made Mario 64 in its entirety, and like it's. I don't think it's gonna be anywhere to the level of how that of how crazy and depth they can get. But I think there could definitely be some cool stuff that's gonna come out of this. I think there's actually a couple of people like uh, they built a game in Dreams, and they like they got so inspired by making it in Dreams, they actually just made the game for real. And I, I think it, uh, I can't remember the game, but it, I, either it's coming out soon or it just came out. Uh, like on PC and PlayStation, all that. Like, um, just a game they made in Dreams. They turn out and they just, you know, they put it on Unreal Engine or something like that, and they just made it themselves. So that's incredible. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely gonna be uh, a cool little thing. You know, I, I like to see. Like, I think the problem with something like this, um, though, is like this is kind of one of those things. To be like, it's to really like get a big fan base behind it, and people really play these games. Is like, I think the big problem with Dreams was like it came out and it was thirty bucks. I mean, that's cheap you know for a game and this is going to be 30 bucks but it's like the problem is though it's like it's kind of restricts your fan base because i think a lot of people like like i think for us like we probably would have been like more interested in checking out dreams had it been free for us to go check out because like for me like mario maker i don't want to create levels i want to check out some of the cool shit people are doing with it same with like dreams i don't want to make anything in dreams but i like i think it'd be awesome to just go in dreams and look at shit and just like see some of the cool shit come out i don't want to pay uh, not interested enough to actually spend real money on it and do all that. And like, maybe it was ten bucks or something, or a little cheaper. Or if it came to you know PlayStation Plus or something like that. Like, I think it would have been incredible if that game was like in the PlayStation Collection on PS5. Um, and I feel like the same thing with this. Where like maybe you charge for the game making part, but you can you can play the games for free or whatever. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm curious how it's gonna work. And it's like I, I was talking to Just about this a while ago. About I was surprised how like. Um, and we were just talking about game number, uh, sales numbers for Nintendo, where it's like the uh, Mario makers are only at like seven million. Where Mario, when Wii, Wii U Deluxe, a Wii U launch game, has already sold over eleven, I think over eleven million copies in a year, just over a year on the market. Where that, where uh, Mario Maker's been on the market for over a year longer, by year, like about year and a half, maybe a year and fifteen months or so, uh, more in the market. It's already been outsold, and it's like Mario Maker kind of came and went. They were obviously still doing stuff later on, but they actually stopped making stuff sooner than they planned for it because like they stopped making extra content because just the fan base died off real fast. Like they talked like that kind of yep. came out um, later on that like the last, like they, they cut bait on it sooner than they planned on. Um, and like I was talking to John, like I was shocked by that. I was talking to Justin. It's just like those kids. It's like the people buy this, uh, families buy this primarily it's for, it's a family based game. That's, the Charm Nintendo game, but it's all you know, it's fun for everybody. But it's like these games sell so well because it's family friendly and kids want to play it. But kids yeah. don't want to, 
making the levels is too confusing for kids. It's like I remember with my ex, uh, she never our nieces and nephews come over all the time, and like, hey, like I remember I bought um, I already I bought Mario Kart or uh, Mario Maker uh, on launch day, and I played a little bit, and I'm like, I like I just put it in for them because they wanted to play Mario, but I, this is before uh, Wii U Ducks came out, and it was like are the Deluxe U, whatever it's called, came out. And they like they did not have any like they did not like it because it was just like trying to like figure out trying to figure out the whole progress of picking out levels and figuring out a level that's like some of these levels are like you know every level is different you don't know, you don't know what you're clicking on half the time for a level and it's like these kids are six seven years old it's like it's way too difficult so I'm wondering like how that's gonna like this is gonna work for like younger people and stuff like that like is this gonna be too much for them is this like uh, you know how that how that's gonna work because like we've seen like Mario Maker I mean it's fucking Mario. I mean, it's still sold over 7 million copies. It's not like it didn't do nothing, but it's like it's nowhere near the success of what we expect from a Mario game these days. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm wondering how this is going to do. This is, this is a brand new IP for them. So I'm not trying to poo-poo it right away. I think this is going to be really cool and like really incredible. And I think some cool shit's going to come out of it. But I'm wondering like where like, this is definitely going to be, I think, more for the hardcore fan base of Nintendo. And it's good in mean, how the Nintendo charms are working this one. But uh, and I, I want to point out, I think, a really fun thing. Uh the project name for this before they named it uh, Game Builder Garage was La- Labo Number Five. <laughs> yeah, it was a Labo project. Yeah, which is um, it, the rumor's been out there lately. I meant to put this in, a, um, in our show a few weeks ago. I just forgot to do it, but like, there's just not really a lot going on. But like, it sounds like internally, like they're like kind of uh, Labos ended for them for the most part. Like, but we've already, like I think a lot of people kind of figure that because you've seen known that for a while now. Labos. Like obviously the lab, we were shocked that we got more than the two original launch Labo things. Yeah. I think there was like four. There was four altogether, and but like they have been like slashed in price multiple times. Yeah, there's uh, no Labo in places of like certain areas. Yeah, and like I, I'll see I'll see them on t- all the time, like on GameStop for like you know fifteen twenty bucks and stuff. Yep. Just trying to get just trying to get rid of them at this point. Um, you know, so I mean they, they sold for, for cardboard. I'm sure they made a lot of money off of it, but. Um. Yeah. It's, it obviously didn't take off like the way I thought they were. But, um. So this obviously was a Labo thing at one point. But I just love the idea of uh, a, a Labo, Labo number five, and it just I very much like a. If there's already not a YouTube video out there of someone turning Mambo number five into Labo number five, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> or no, someone didn't recreate a short circuit with with the with the labo rob, robot outfit i'm gonna be so i, I want i want to, i'll watch that movie i'll buy a <laughs> ticket to that movie of just of uh, instead of john was it johnny five or number five it's yeah, labo five johnny five number <laughs> johnny five is alive but it's just them like in in the fucking labo uh, ro- robot suit that would be incredible <laughs> i would fucking pay real money to go see that right now uh, that oh man, I'm, I'm so hyped for that. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a real thing, probably. I'm, I'm looking this up. I'm, I'm all right. Give me a second here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm derailing on the show. Uh, I don't even know how I'm gonna search for this. Labo number five. Let's see what we get here. This is a picture of no. Vega with like all the Labo things in the side by side. Oh my god. <laughs> no, this this is not turning out well for me, Gables. Uh, Labo. Short circuit. Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, I'm very disappointed, Gables. I'm disappointed yeah. in the internet. It didn't happen. My my dreams. Uh, the thing I just created in my head and said out loud it has not happened yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but getting off some Nintendo news here, Gables. Uh, jumping in some PlayStation news here. 
uh, Discord is now uh, PlayStation has invested money into Discord, and now they're integrating Discord into PlayStation uh, in early 2022. Uh, so, credible that just a couple months ago we were talking about possibly Microsoft buying uh, Discord for 12 billion dollars. Um, Sony had put, uh, talked about that uh, they had invested money, just like Nintendo or uh, Nintendo. Uh, PlayStation has invested money in like Epic stuff like that. They're because uh, that was kind of the thing going on. It was like it was like fifty fifty. Either Discord was gonna be bought by somebody, whether it was Facebook, Microsoft, mm-hmm. um, or like a, a Twitch or something like that. I can't remember who else was involved, um, but a lot of big tech companies were involved trying to buy it for the ten to fifteen billion dollar range. Uh, Is like either they were going to go public or they were going to sell. And this sounds like they, uh, they ended up, uh, they scoffed at some of the, the offers they were given. And it sounds like a lot of people are just investing money into them. And instead, and it sounds like Sony has invested a lot of money into them. And now, um, discord is going to be put into PlayStation, which this is something that we were talking about. We were really excited for when we were talking about the idea of Xbox buying them about just putting discord on Xbox. And just like, this is something we were talking about years ago where it's like, even when the when Nintendo when the Switch came out, I was like, man, let's just you don't need to like with when they were talking about not having a voice chat system, right? You gotta use the app on your phone to use voice chats. Like, fucking just find a way to put Discord on it, or like even with just like all the consoles in general, just have Discord because that's the way yeah. to go. And just the, I mean, I hope this isn't exclusive to uh, PlayStation. Uh, I don't think they even said whether or not it is, but I just love. I I just want this to happen where like this just becomes a thing where everybody like all the everything just has it like right for for consoles like this just needs to be the way to go this is like the future especially as, as crossplay becomes more of a thing well yeah you know this course. is like this is like the biggest issue it was like oh cool i could play with my friend i could play fortnite or rocket league on my playstation and they could play on their pc but like, yeah but i can't like i can't talk to you you know <laughs> unless i i do something i use discord on my phone or i sit on my computer and play it on my computer or whatever um this yeah, I, I love. I'm I'm really excited for this. I love this. What's your thoughts on this, all Gables? Well, pretty much kind of the same sentiment. You know, it's like I'm glad that they're going that Sony is going to incorporate some form of Discord in terms of uh, the PlayStation 5's infrastructure and stuff. It's I don't think that it's going to be exclusive stuff. I think it's just more or less like kind of like an investment sort of thing. You know, because quintessentially it would have to take quite a bit of money in order to secure discord as a whole especially if you're trying to get the entirety of the service on your platform but you know i'm, I'm just happy that more people are going to be going through and benefiting in terms of discord as a service and also in terms of what the potential thing could lead in terms of the cross compatibility sort of like what you were stating with that because yeah it would be nice to have something on the playstation Five in that regards where party chat's fine and all that you know but at the same time if you have something like discord and stuff to where you get multiple users and stuff at say on pc or on xbox or maybe potentially on switch who knows get everybody in terms of this whole like universal sort of party chat or something like that without having to go just one form like say like say on a pc or like just pc only or maybe xbox only or whatsoever that sounds a lot more plausible to me so i'm kind of interested in seeing what happens from there yeah um but moving on to the part of the show where we talk about we've been playing this past week yes. you've already kind of touched on a little bit uh you've been playing some more uh, new pokemon snap we've think uh, for the show you were talking about you played some other stuff too yes. well i want to hear about you what you've been playing all right so to finish up what i stated earlier on in the show yes i have been playing more new pokemon snap 
I have actually beaten New Pokemon Snap. I actually finished mm-hmm. it yesterday, but I have not completed the game. I'm really much debating back and forth whether if I want to do so at this moment in time. But so, so you've like seen all the maps, but you haven't yes. like got called take pictures of all the Pokemon. I haven't taken pictures of all the Pokemon, and I have not gone through the process of doing the whole stars on each Pokemon. I mean, oh, that yeah, comes yeah. in and of itself. I'm not too sure the benefit of completing that will do. I would have to look up a guide or something like that in terms of if I would think it'd be worthwhile. But all in all, the entirety of my experience, I spent a good solid 12 hours playing the game in and of itself. So there is a lot more content inside this that people would have given this credit for. For the original Pokemon Snap, you could have finished it at least around three or four hours, three to five hours, depending upon if you wanted to go and do replay certain couple of levels or some or in terms of the difficulty you would have gotten in terms of getting specific events happening especially when it came to legendaries like say legendary birds like Articuno or Moltres or like Zapdos or some or even like the photos with Mew but for new Pokemon Snap it's more or less like a more or less going to different types of more elaborated courses obviously where it's like there will be times when you'll have to go through a course and stuff with a day or night cycle there are specific events that generally happen in regards of like certain Pokemon events instead of a stage. Like, for example, one of the later stages that I initially went through, there's like a there's like a cavern, right, that you go through, and there's like a bunch of Crobat, right? And the Crobat are all flying around and stuff, and this and that and stuff. Well, later on, if you go through and unlock like certain things and you come back to it later, you'll see Crobat, right? But the thing is there'll be one portion and stuff where there's actually a crowbat hanging upside down sleeping and stuff and you can go through and get pictures and stuff of that but what I'm mainly alluding to it's like it feels like it's not the same thing twice when you go through like a same area so to give a good example of this the beginning portion of the game you have a beach right that you go through and you go through a day and night cycle and stuff and you have to level it up from level 1 to level 2 and stuff so quintessentially the structure is you go with the level one, level two, say like a day or a night cycle and stuff, and then all of a sudden the professor will go through and say, oh, hey, you'll go through and you'll, I'm able to make these type of orbs and stuff for you to throw and this and that. And so you earn a lot, you go back to the same stages, right? But at the same time, it'll be elaborated to where there'll be different Pokemon or different types of structure things that you'll have to go through and see this time around. So it feels more fresh when you go through the same course multiple times as opposed to just doing the same day cycle, which is the same type of format in this and of itself. I like it that way because it's less repetitive if you have to go back and backtrack through the earlier courses. I mean, yeah, I tried going through the same course at least a couple of different times because I wanted to try to get a couple different pictures of the same Pokemon. I mean, it was starting to get a little bit repetitive in that sort of aspect, but that was me going through and wanting to grind to try to get a level up from that course. But in regards to the whole terms of, like, everlasting, say, uh, let's see, everlasting motivation to go through and continue on from your past previous point into, like, another stage and stuff, there's actually more incentive for you to go through and continue on. It keeps you more engaged in times of what you want to go through and take a picture of. Like, say, if you want to go through and take a pictures on the beach course and stuff and go to day-night cycles and then everything switches once you get the orbs and this and that, or if it 
changes once you get like an Illumina Pokemon and figure out how you get to go through and take a picture of that, you know. Each different course, all in all, there are 11 different courses inside of this game, a new Pokemon Snap. And there's actually one other course that uh, you'll learn about in that regards, which is it's quintessentially like exploring the actual like uh, research area in and of itself, right? So that you'll eventually get to go through and like research when you go and get further down the line in the game. But I enjoyed this game so much so that yeah, it actually prompted me to wanted to go through and finish the game. A lot of different Pokemon were presented. There were definitely Pokemon I did not even encounter, even though they are in there. <laughs> like, I had a chance to, like, photograph some Pokemon inside a desert sort of setting and stuff, but I could not get them in time, and so I missed them. But there are specific conditions you kind of have to meet in order to encounter new different Pokemon and stuff. But uh, one thing that surprised me was, like, uh, in terms of the Illumina Pokemon and stuff, the type of routines and type of things you have to go through in order to try to take pictures of them like the very first one i know that if you're like a couple hours in you get to your first Illumina pokemon the first pokemon you encounter is like a meganium right and so it's like it's a grass type pokemon it's like a final evolution of like the gen 2 starter and stuff from back then and so quintessentially you'll see it running about and stuff like that but if you toss like a little bit of orb you toss enough of them and it'll start to glow and you have to go through and try to picture take pictures of this exact moment now for the longest of time that was my highest score photo which is like about 5,100 and some odd points just for that one photo I've come close but I did not even remotely get anywhere close to like getting like a higher score than that photo like I get close to the 5,000 point mark but it's just a little frustrations in terms of trying to perfect my shots and try to improve mm -hmm. upon the perfection of like a specific type of star quality and this and that that in and of itself I kind of felt like was sort of a detriment inside the game's quality to where it more or less focused upon how many stars of a specific Pokemon that you can get for different poses and this and that instead of like an overall quality of how maybe one picture is in terms of like going up in your score. I kind of found when I was going through taking a whole bunch of different photos of the same Pokemon one of the biggest pain in the asses is I could not take multiple photos, like select multiple photos of like the same Pokemon with different stars. Yeah, at, that was very annoying. At least with that in mind, I could have gotten done with a lot of that stuff quicker. Sure, I probably wouldn't have gotten as many points as a result because it would probably give me like a lump score or whatsoever. But give me the option to go through and complete that stuff quicker instead of having to go back and just do that same course, that same stage over again, which I didn't do a whole lot of. And I just want to let the listeners know, it's like I didn't do a whole lot of that. But yet, there's some quality of life things they could have improved, personally, in order to make this game a little more, like, smooth, of, a little bit more smooth of a transition in terms of ease of use. So that's definitely one. Another thing that I kind of like came across is when you're going through and you're saving photos to the album and stuff, sooner or later you're going to be starting to run out of room, right? Oh, wow. What was yeah. interesting, what was interesting is there was actually a pop-up. It's like, hey, would you like to expand the storage and this and that, you know? And it's not like anything like subtle either, you know? It's like once you get like at least about a handful of uh, 
photos you have left to save in your album, the pop-up actually appears to where, hey, you want to invest an extra 383 megabytes or something like that in order to try to fit some more photos. And so I clicked yes, right? And it expanded tremendously the amount of photos I could actually store in there. I think before you could only store like maybe about 40 at a time. Once I did the expansion, yeah. I could store like an additional 400-something photos. Oh, nice. Okay. So I liked that. I thought it was a really interesting quirk that they had where you could actually go through and expand the storage that you wanted to do for your photos that you wanted to try to go forth and create. I imagine it was, so it goes on your SD card then? Yes, yes. It goes onto okay. your SD card of your system or even on the game's card itself in and of itself. Okay. So from what I'm suspecting, it's more or less the save data in regards to the game in and of itself. But you have the option to transfer these photos to directly to your switches like main system thing where it stores the albums the photos that you take but you also have options so where you can send it to your phone the switch actually actually does allow you to oh, do yeah. that to where you can send it to your phone via like a qr sort of scan or you can set you can send it via like your sd card through your computer or whatsoever what if you could put it in the cloud i'm not sure i actually have never tried that or see the option to try to do that but uh, yeah. I'm sure I imagine you have maybe. to have the Nintendo Online thing, but I, I'm just I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if that's a thing or not. That's a good question. I haven't really delved into it, but that's definitely something to go through and try to research yeah. on. I don't think Nintendo's about ten years away from discovering the cloud, though. So. <laughs> oh, true, true, and not being locked behind of a paywall. But yeah. uh... <laughs> like, you guys heard about this AOL? <laughs> we got a 72 hour free trial here. Yeah, it's, hey, look, everybody, we constructed a game and we made it all in Windows XP. Anyway. <laughs> we can download this picture of this Pokemon in three days. <laughs> oh, my God. I got so many flashbacks of, like, fucking back in the early 2000s. All right. Okay. Sable Playboy. I'll be back. I'm going to put this in on Friday, and by Sunday, I'll have the full picture. <laughs> oh. But I got to admit, Tyler, I've had so much fun playing new Pokemon Snap. I feel like in terms of quality that there are forms that are better than the original game. Obviously, the original game, still great, you know. This game, I feel, yeah. in some aspects, is better than that. But there are some things that could have improved to made to make it like a fully superior version over the original. Damn this lamp. Anyway. <laughs> Stephen King's new book, Gables Gets Attacked by a Killer Lamp. <laughs> Oh, boy. But uh, if I had to rate this game solid, I would actually give this game like close to around a 9 out of 10. Because the interest is there. I love doing photography stuff in general. I did love going through and photographing a lot of different Pokemon in their environments. There was a lot of like variety in terms of where I could go, what I could do. Try to experiment in terms of throwing fluff fruit at Pokemon or in terms of like uh, experimenting say like throwing orbs at specific plants in order to get certain pokemon to gather to from together or even or even like taking photos at the exact like the exact moment and stuff where it's a lot of funny ass moments tend to happen because i touched last week in terms of the spinner rack i tossed a fluff fruit at it and all of a sudden it just had its hands up like this like oh <laughs> <laughs> like it was angry but uh, i did have moments of stuff where i actually had a champ like uh, look at me while I was like going through and like uh, I played music right and it was looking at me right and it was just doing this whole flexing motion and stuff like this and nice. it was kind of hilarious it was actually doing like sort of like a meditative pose so it's like it has eyes closed he's just raising his arms like this and all of a sudden he just goes <laughs> all forward 
and just starts flexing his like muscles and stuff like that. And I got the exact photo right there in of itself. And I thought that was a fucking cool ass like photo. Like you're a sexy beast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> But a lot of the joy for me was like finding which Pokemon was inside of this game and discovering where what they were, like where they were, and like what they were doing. And I feel that anyone that even has remote interest in playing Pokemon games should invest and just play it because even though it's a side game, it looks better than the main like Pokemon games so far. It definitely has that replayability to where I'm interested in going back and wanting to play it. And on top of that, you know, what makes me excited for what eventual Pokemon games are going to be coming out, not only later this year, but early next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on some of the, like, I'm, like I said, I'm only a few hours in. I think I'm on the, I got to the fourth level right. um, of you can do. And, like, I'm definitely enjoying it. I think, but I'm with you. Like, my that was my, my big complaint from last week is kind of still the same, where it's like, the whole idea of like only being able to pick one Pokemon per, per ever after, after every level of completion, even though you might have a one, two, and three star, um, it's like okay, well, I might never get this three star again, but this one star might be worth more more points. And that's why I don't get it really understand the the star system too, where it's like, all right, I have like a three star that's worth two thousand points, yep. but I have this one star that's worth four thousand points. Yeah, like, what the. What, it does what, not what, make that clear either. It doesn't. No, it's like quality. I, I understand. Okay, so it's doing something different in this picture. Like, oh, this, um, I don't know, Psyduck is eating this the the, the fruit here, and this one, it's this is a three star, but you have a picture of him just swimming, and it's worth a two star, but the but him swimming at the two star is four thousand points, but him eating this apple, which is a unique thing, so it makes it a three star, is only worth. 1500 points yes. well, what the, this doesn't make any fucking sense to me no it doesn't that, make any sense and it's really consistent to why to the way how they explain it in terms of that but honestly at that point it's almost the same type of problems we'd had in the original pokemon snap where yeah. some pictures you would think would look fantastic but it was only worth a certain amount of points because yeah. it wasn't a specific exact thing that they wanted you to go through in picture and that yeah. feels like elements of that have come back in terms of new pokemon snap but it's like what you say, the consistency of the scoring does not make any fucking sense to me. Yeah. And I, but I mean, if it doesn't make any sense, it's, it's, one, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. But on top of that, where it's like, like what you were saying, where it's like, I can only pick one of these pictures, even though I have three different star levels, of these pictures. Like, yeah, I think that should be a, a you talk about quality of life. And this is like my artificial, my artificial padding I was talking about last week, where it's like, yeah, that is a way of like artificially making the game lo- longer. It's like, well, you got a one, two, and three star, but you got to replay this level at least two more times on this on this level on this day or night cycle to get that one star and then get that two star thing. And it's like I'm not. I, this isn't a game I feel like I'm going to be playing. Um, I definitely want to get back to playing it. Um, obviously, just being busy this week and then uh, RE8 taking over my time. But I definitely feel uh, it's worth a finish. Yeah, know? this is definitely something I'm going to go back. I'm going to at least finish all the levels, but it's not going to be something I'm not. I don't see myself like I did with um, the first one, right? Excuse me, fucking IPAs, man. I tell you, my God, um, where I don't, I'm not getting like 100 percent it. Obviously, this game has a lot more content in it, right? For better or worse, maybe this game. I, I feel like maybe this game would be better if it was more of a six to eight hour experience than what sounds like what 12 to 20 hour experience. Um, so yeah, but uh, is there anything else you've been playing, games? Yes, actually. I played another game, and I actually messaged you also over Instagram about it because 
funny enough, you were paying you were playing this game last week too, and that's rain yep. on your parade. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I it's fun. I meant to I, I meant to talk to you about it uh, last week before we recorded because I was like I watched I've seen a lot there was some Twitter buzz about it a week or so ago. Um and a lot of people were liking it. And I was like, okay, I'm like I want it's on Game Pass. I want to check it out. I watched the trailer for it. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it before we recorded last week, but I watched the trailer for it before we recorded. And I was like, oh man, this looks like a Gables ass Gables game right here for first one. So uh, go ahead and talk about. It. <laughs> well, you're definitely right upon that. How I learned about it was entirely different to where I was watching a YouTuber kind of recommend like uh, specific, say, Switch games that would eventually, you know. You know, underrated Switch games, and not a lot of people would actually went through and tried that were released this year, and that was one of those games. And so I was looking upon Game Pass, like, oh, Rain on Your Parade. That's definitely a game I wanted to try. This looks interesting. And oh boy, yeah, this was an interesting game. Yeah. Oh my god. It gosh. just came out like two weeks ago, too, so this is a new game. Yeah, it came out two weeks ago, and let me tell you stuff. It definitely provided me with enough content from beginning to end and stuff in order for me to go through i beat this game yeah wow, i did beat okay. this game how too. long is it um honestly this game even with like if you wanted to go through and come the stars i want to say it's at least if you want to complete it three to four hours long oh that sounds perfect okay well actually i was wondering because I, I kind of went through the level i went through the world i kind of just flew around like you can only do it as you beat them but i was like you can you can still travel the whole world Yes. I was like, oh my god, there's a lot of levels this. So, yes, but like, yeah, I like actually each, did each the levels... same thing. Yeah, I thought it was going to okay. be a lot longer than what it was, but yeah. when I was when I was getting stuck on certain puzzles and stuff, I actually looked up a little bit of like a, a YouTube like walkthrough, and I realized that this game's only like maybe two hours or so, two or three hours. Yeah, long. okay. Well, I guess each level's like maybe a minute, two at max. Like, I don't know how like far you have gotten inside of this game. Like but, ten levels, maybe. Okay, ten levels and stuff like that. Well, let me yeah. tell you something, man. It's like there are definitely a lot of fun, interesting puzzles in this regards. Like from raining on people to like, say, earning these different power-ups, say like uh, like a tornado, like a blizzard yeah. or something like that. It's basically that. Untitled Goose Game, but you're, you're a cloud that rains on people. Yes, exactly. You pretty much like uh, screw around with people in that regards. There are actually references to other video games inside of this game, too. Yeah, remember that. Uh, a couple of them. The first one that i tripped apart i immediately messaged you and it's like hey have you heard about this game because i was playing through the reference to metal gear solid <laughs> there's a it's reference a of metal gear solid inside of this game okay i don't think i got that far then i remember the the the, the um little clip shows up the like the paper clip shows up mm-hmm. he's like i'm just here to tell you about this and it's like making fun <laughs> of like the old pc paper clip that used to show up on our old windows 98 shit I don't remember that. Dude. I don't Maybe I just forgot about the Metal Gear thing. I don't know. I'll, I'll say this right now. I said, yeah, there is a reference to Metal Gear Solid, but I'm not going to tell you what exactly happens inside okay. of this level and okay. what exactly you could do. But oh, let me just say, it's definitely right up your alley. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get back to this game now, too. Fuck oh, my. Oh my God. I went from having nothing to play the last three months to having like four games drop in my lap before Mass Effect comes out next week. So, you know what the fun thing about it is? The entirety of this game is told from the perspective of, like, a grandpa to, like, his grandchild mm. and stuff like that. And so he has to go through and, like, say a lot of these things about this cloud. And the whole concept of this cloud is going all the way to Seattle. And yeah. Stuff, and doing this stuff and that stuff. And how the cloud does this and how the cloud does that. And all of a sudden how, like, he has to face off against this enemy that does not like rain or something at all. And, uh... 
it's definitely one of those lighthearted games that had definitely has that Untitled Goose game sort of feel to it, where it's like it just feels enjoyable, just like wrecking shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but once... I don't know if it's a. It's not as good. I don't think. I. I think. I mean, like I said, I haven't put as much time in like Untitled Goose when I finished. But even that was like a two-hour game. But like, I feel like the peaks of Untitled Goose game are still the best. Or I guess the beaks of Untitled Goose game are the best. <laughs> are better. But yeah, I, I still. Uh, I like I said, I only played maybe half an hour, but I I was really enjoying it. I actually was fairly surprised how much I was enjoying it because it kind of pre- presents itself sort of like one of those basic games that you would like see on say a Steam or like a PlayStation thing where it's not a lot a lot of money put into it, but at the same time you would still like maybe see some bit of rough around the edges sort of things like that. But what was interesting is trying to go through and like see what actually would mix in in regards to what you could go through in rain. Like you could use water and stuff to rain, but there are some puzzles where you actually pick up coffee, you can pick up oil no. and stuff like that. There's actually levels to where the cloud is constructed around. You have to burn buildings down, right? You as a cloud. Oh shit! And so you have to. There's actually little patches of you can pick up oil. You can spread oil around the world, the room, and stuff like that. And if you use like the thunder ability or like the little. Thunder ability, you can actually create fire. It just fucking just go through and destroy, destroy shit. <laughs> I, I like some of the hats you get in that game too. You can you can put hats in your cloud, dude. I went through the entirety with one hat, and it was a top hat. I that's what I put on there immediately. <laughs> as soon as I unlocked the top hat, I'm like, I'm putting I didn't go with on. any other hat. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm doing a top hat. <laughs> that's awesome. A smiling cloud with a top hat, just raining. Mm-hmm. Just raining thunderbolts and, and you can oh you can change his face too you can create you can you can make him like an angry cloud or you can like you can actually like erase his entire face if you want to oh well, that was kind of cool okay that would be actually more hilarious it's like it's just a random cloud just like no face yeah. just like going <laughs> yeah oh man yeah I definitely enjoy this game from beginning to end there definitely are some creative levels to this that I feel like people should experience. Honestly, this is the type of game where it's like a good filler game between like a big one big title to another big title. I mean, I came off of like finishing Ratchet and Clank, completing that and stuff, and like I was playing a bit of po- new Pokemon Snap, and all of a sudden, ran right your parade. I played right in the middle of this stuff, and I enjoyed the hell out of this game for what it was. There's one level that is longer than the entirety of like a lot of the other levels in this game. But I loved how it parodies a lot of other types of, like, gaming stuff. But, uh, yeah, there are plenty of game references. There's actually uh, plenty of, like, game stuff that you would not expect inside of this. But the puzzles and how you had to go through and are these different abilities, it's definitely a blast. And I can see why people have been talking about Ray on Your Parade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, that's another one I need to get back to. My, uh, I want, yeah, my, uh. Uh, pile of shame is growing already. So, yeah. <laughs> anything else, Kibbles? No, actually, right. what have you been playing, Tyler? Uh, so I've, I've kind of tipped my hat already, uh, my top hat to it already. Uh, finally, been jumping into uh, uh, Resident Evil Eight. Um, like I said, I came home late last night after work and then having dinner with my parents and uh, played for a little bit. Uh, and then jumped into it today and ended up putting about five hours into it today. Wow. Um, so a good that's a good stretch for me for uh you know it's some breaks, it was probably like over an eight hour stretch. I mean take his breaks obviously in between there, but pretty, basically my day, uh did all my shit clean house, uh fucking, uh fed Louis, 
don't know why I said that. I always feed, feed him every day. Did laundry, shit like that. Uh, sat down, fucking started playing this, and I have enjoying the fuck out of this game. Uh, way more than I thought. Like, um, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of the Resident Evil games. I'm like a hardcore fan. Like, um, even, I mean, I've talked about it over the past year where it's like, uh, I didn't, I, I bought Resident Evil 7 on day one. I remember talking about it. I was like, when I came out, I was just uh, a really rough stretch of work where I was burnt out. And I'm like, this is not the game I want to be playing. Uh, Resident Evil 7, that game, was, that game was really, was a lot more horror-centric too. More of a scary, way more on the on the scary side. Um, and this is not the game I need to be playing right now. Uh, and finally, didn't didn't go back and play it. Like this is a game I was like, I'll go play it in the summer or whatever when I, like things are a little less hectic. And it took me until uh, last spring, I want to say, last summer, where I sat down and finally went back and played Resident Evil 7. I beat it in a whole fucking day. It's like it was only like five hours for me to beat it. But uh, and I went back and I finally like so I had the same issue with Resident Evil 2 when that came out. Where I was just like, it's just January is a bad time for me for for games to come out apparently because it's rough for work. Um, but uh, same thing. I came out in January 2019. Uh, and then I went back and I played it last spring as well. Resident Evil 3, went back and played it. You and I played Resident Evil 6 on uh, Extra Life. And I've I, I, I beaten the other two campaigns previously. And then finally, I beat the uh, last campaign yep. on there with you. So I officially could say, I like at that point, I have now beaten. I beat four Resident Evil games last year. Uh, yep. And I have officially, not including Zero, but of the of the seven mainline ones at this point. Uh, I'm going to adjust myself here. Sorry. Um I have now beaten every mainline Resident Evil game. Uh, I've, I've, I've like I beat two Revelation games as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, so and it's like I enjoy the games for what they are. You know, I'm like it's not like I'm not, I'm not. This isn't like I'm not fanboy number one, or I'm not like a crazy like I don't I don't really understand the lore. I'm not really deep at diving into that. But uh, this is a uh, I'm enjoying this way more than I have any. It's really hooked me, unlike uh, any other ones I've where every single one before I've I've like. I said Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4, obviously, was my favorite game of all time. Like, I've talked about it before, where I used to just beat that game over and over again, like, give myself different challenges. Like, I'm going to beat this game with killing less than 50 enemies. I'm going to beat this game by this time with killing more than 1,000. Or I'm going to beat this game by only using the infinite rocket launcher or whatever. I always have goals in mind. I beat that game probably 15, 20 times, no joke. But I got down to the point where I'd beat that game in, like, a few hours, a couple hours. Um, and, uh, this one, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm enjoying this one more. And they talk about like the Resident Evil Four is more of a, uh, it's kind of like what they're using as like the example for this game. And you definitely feel that way. Like, this game is called Resident Evil Eight Village, Resident Evil Village, uh, being a lot of it taking place in a village, and just it gives you more of that right. kind of that that feedback and that that takes you back to that time of uh, Resident Evil Four. And I, I think that's a big point of why. And they they, they kind of they're using more of the style of four as well where like you can upgrade your weapons and it's not like you can find upgrades for your weapons like you can find upgrades for them as well but you can also buy upgrades for your stuff as well and there's a merchant you know like he even at one point asked me uh or he told me he'd buy it at a high price which i thought was really funny and he's like ha 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 <laughs> uh, a friend, he's like a, I, I used to have a friend that would say that uh, and i thought that was really clever and that was really funny i like that moment um but it, it's it's definitely really feeding into that more and more um it's not really as scary, and I'll get to this. There's but aside from one caveat, which I'll get to here in a second. Uh, I'm gonna try to talk about because these kind of these are the kind of games you don't really want to get too deep dive into like, the story elements or some of the experiences because it's gonna spoil. I mean, right. a lot of this game is surprises and stuff like that. Not the story's top notch or anything like that, 
but it's it's definitely more about uh the moment experiencing some of the shit and like the surprises of like it's it's, it's still a uh horror game in a sense um but uh yeah i've, I've really 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 liked the, the combat feels good like the some of the elements you jump into like the first time like uh it starts off with like you play as ethan winters who's awful awful like, i don't normally complain about voice acting and i heard a lot of people complain about him to begin with and it's like it's just so bad it's so generic it, it's like it feels like someone was just reading the lines out loud for the first time, and then he's like, "All right, that works. We'll go with that." It's like, wait, I didn't get, it. I didn't act. I just read the lines. Like, why, why are we, why are we cutting? Why, what, what, we were, we were recording. Why? Uh, but yeah, he's he's bad. But everybody else is like, not to say everybody else is top notch, but it's like compared to him, like they're it's fucking Last of Us level uh, acting here, Lord of the Rings level acting compared to the guy that does Ethan Winters. Um, but um, yeah, like. I I'm enjoying some of the set pieces and the characters. Like the first time you get to the village and you like, you like jump in, you like meet the lichens, the werewolves in this game, um, is brutal. Um, and it's, oh man, it's it definitely and like some of the vampires you meet, it's like it's definitely like, it's not as you know like the big complaints about five and six where it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna be gears of war but also still be, um, it's gonna be bullet spongy as hell but also. Uh, items will be very limited and items are limited, but I also feel like I'm at a point where like you can craft, uh, your own items, which you can do in seven as well. But like you can craft your items, which, and I feel like, and I'm, I'm doing the thing where like, I, I'm exploring everything. Like you can see on your map, when you, when you look at your map, it'll show you all the rooms you go in, or all the buildings you go in. It'll be, if it's red, that means you, there's still something in there you missed, whether it's a diamond hanging on the wall, which is something that was in Resident Evil four or, um, you know, maybe a lock pick or something because like, you can get to find lock picks in the game which to unlock a, a thing. But uh, yeah, like I, I've been going through and like every time, like it all kind of circles back to like the the village is kind of like the main hub of the game, like kind of like a Metroidvania where it like, always takes you back. Like everything always leads back to one room uh, or one area, and it's like every time you you go through a section, you find you get more stuff. You can ex- you can explore more in the village, and every time I'm like before I go on to the next thing, I'm doing everything I can in the village. I'm finding all of like the, the, the valuable items or I'm finding more things to craft or more ammo or stuff like that. And it's just like, uh, I'm upgrading all my weapons. Like I, I'm really, really like, it's got that hooks in me. Like, I think that's part of it. Like I'm not a big Metroidvania fan, like the 2d style Metroid fan, but I love some of my favorite games that I played in the last generation have been kind of that fall, that style though of a Metroidvania where it's like, um, you know, more of the, the action game, like, like a God of War or like the Tomb Raider game, stuff like that, but that kind of follow that, that, that platform, that kind of that, um, loop, uh, loop of the game. Um, but yeah, like I going into the, getting into the, uh, I can't, I can't say the, the name of the, 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 the big lady that we all love. Uh, Demetrius. I, I can't remember. There's, they, they finally gave like said out loud how you see it. Like I can't, I can't, still can't say it. Um, but like going in that castle for the first time, oh my God, it's awesome. Uh, and some of like, some of the, like the elements, like she follows you all throughout the house and shit like that. Some of the love, like I always, I hated that with Mr. X and the, uh, and two and like, uh, the, uh, the tyrant nemesis and three. Um, I didn't like that. And this one was a little different. It, th- this game was, I died a lot in that, that part. And I thought I'm like, this game is un- like dark souls hard. But it come to find out, you're not supposed to run towards the lady. You're supposed to run away from her. I didn't know that. I just kept running at her. I'm like, oh, yay, it's her. And I ran to her. I'm like, yes, pick me up. 
throw me around. Oh no, she's murdering me. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I'm like, step on me, mommy, and and she did. Uh, but it made you start over, which I really, I'm like, why am I starting over? I feel, I thought I was doing the thing. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, once I found out you're supposed to run away from her in fear, not run towards her in excitement and horniness, uh, it, it changed the game for me. But, uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that part. Uh, but so it kind of, the way it works out, it's kind of like a, like it's, I'm not saying Metal Gear invented this style, but it's like kind of like the style, like what you would see in the Metal Gear Solid games, at least the first four, where it's like, there's like these, like. Uh, here's all these bad guys and here's kind of their backstories and you're going to go through this section and um, fight them and they're all, they're all builds to like a boss fight. And that's kind of the idea. Like there's like the four main uh, bad guys uh, and I've beaten two of the four right now so far. Um, and here's a not so fun fact about me, Gables. One of my biggest like fears and like uh, video, like not video games, but movies is like dolls. Oh, Dolls scare the shit out of me. And now I'm not talking about Chucky. Like Chucky's hilarious. That doesn't scare me. That ain't funny. Like, not not say like Justin when I was a kid, he had uh, he had a Chucky doll, like an actual like really expensive version of a Chucky doll. Uh-huh. When we were kids, I spent at his house and I fucking hated it because he had the fucking Chucky doll. And he didn't put it in the closet. He just had it out. And it's funny like one of his daughters <laughs> actually like carried it around like like uh like it was like her brother, like when she was like three or four. And I'm like, oh, no. I was terrified. And I'm like, I'm in my mid twenties at this point. And she's like. She's just carrying around all willy nilly like that. Like I was just like crazy. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> really? Wow. Like, like, you see like that happening and stuff, and you just freaking yeah. out because of it. It didn't even like she didn't even recognize it as something that's really scary. She's recognizing it as a doll, and I'm like, I'm like internally freaking out. But she's like, do 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 do. Like no fucking problems in the world. Um, and I, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but uh, yeah. So, um. There's so one of the bad guys in this game is a uh, is a doll like an evil doll, right. and they turn like so like the you know, in like one section it's like most of the game like it's you know it's it's a, it's a first person shooter game and that, it's a horror first person shooter so obviously ammo is limited stuff like that but uh, in this part they actually it's kind of minor spoilers they take all your weapons away from you, oh. and it turns into like a um kind of like an Outlast style. Oh game. hey there you go. Um. And in this section, and I've talked about it previously where it's like I feel like I'm chasing the dragon of Outlast for a long time. Where it's like I'm trying to find games that kind of like Outlast was the first game I played in that style. I know it's not the first game to do it, but it was the first one I played. And you and I both love that game. Yes, I love the game, and I played other games that have been pretty good to subpar. Um, like Soma comes to mind. I played a lot of games. That I'm like, this is just bad, you know. Um, even like Outlast two didn't do it for me and stuff like that. But it's just like I've been trying to chase that dragon, I'm getting that feeling because I love those style of games just very few actually connect with me and this part for what is supposed to be a resident evil game that's a first person uh thriller shooter game that turn it into like no this part like you don't have any weapons you have nothing to protect yourself with uh and you gotta fucking hide from things you gotta solve puzzles you gotta go fucking it's dark as shit and on top of that your biggest fear, Tyler, of fucking dolls, coming, murderous dolls coming to life. It was, no joke, the most terrifying experience in my adult life, maybe my entire life, of playing a video game. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck, fuck, get the fucking bed, Tyler. Fuck, come, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, I, that was, I was like legit freaking the fuck out, like, 
<laughs> spasms, jumping down, like yelling at the TV. Like I didn't, I was freaking the fuck out. This whole section, it was a nightmare. Um, and it, yeah, not, it was awesome. Oh, no. I liked it a lot and I appreciate the fuck out of it. This is exactly is the thing I didn't know I wanted, uh, from this game, but it's definitely a thing I've wanted for games in a long time. Uh, and they pulled it off masterfully. Uh, I, I, so I'm, like I said, I, I spent basically the, I mean, it's been a perfect day for it. It's been, it's cold, windy and raining outside. Perfect day to sit inside, fucking play some fucking video games. Uh, this came out a perfect time for me, you know, uh, it's just, I, I can't wait to jump back into it. I, I, I don't know how far I'm into the game. I'm probably like halfway or so. I've heard you could beat the game eight, 12 hours. Um, more like eight, if you'd like to kind of streamline through it. But I'm, like I said, I'm like, every time I get back to the village or I'm like, I get into a room and I see that's still red. I'm searching everything trying to find all the shit. So like I'm doing pretty good on money. I've like, I've upgraded all my, I've, all my weapons are upgraded as high as they can be for right now. You gotta like do something. You can also hunt in the game. You can like, you find pigs or fish and you use that to upgrade like your health or your d- defense or you can move faster, stuff like that. So like I, I'm every time I get through a section or uh, I won't move on to the next section until I do everything I can, uh, um, you know, and before I move on, like, so it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm enjoying this way more than any other Resident Evil game ever before. Uh, well, since four. So yeah. And that's saying something to me because Resident Evil 4 is legitimately top five favorite games of all time. So yeah, that's a uh, pretty much what I'm playing. I'm going to, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm going to jump back into him tomorrow's mother's day, but I'm sure I'm going to, you know, I don't think we're doing anything until later. I am getting the second shot tomorrow, so I'm a little nervous about that. Ah. I don't know how that's going to work out for me. Uh, hopefully I'm not going to be too affected by it and, you know, not be on my deathbed. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, can't wait to get back to it. Uh, I, I do need to put a bow on this game though before fucking Friday because uh, Mass Effect, baby. Oh, there so you go. That's going to be exciting. Uh, and I got a four-day weekend next weekend. So go. that's going to be fun too. Uh, yeah, going to be a lot of Mass Effect next week. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Gables, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, well, you got almost, wow, almost two hours again. Uh, we got a lot of shit to say. Uh, but, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We are on not on everything right now. We are on a couple things, uh, but that's growing every day, hopefully. Uh, but for right now, YouTube, Twitch is the best ways to find us. Like I said, we're on Spotify, Audible, uh, Podbean. Um, hopefully, we'll be on Google Podcasts and Apple um, sometime this week. Uh, and uh, that will help us a lot too. But uh, yeah, so uh, but like I said, if you are a listener, whether you're new or old, uh, please go to all those places, look us up, look up our new feeds. You, you can find our old feeds. Ignore those ones. I can't, I don't know how to get rid of those ones. I've looked into it. I can't figure out how to take them down. Uh, but you find our new ones, please rate, subscribe, follow, click the bell, share. Everything you do, really, 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 really appreciate it. Uh, comment as well. Tell us you like us. Um, you know, give us a little ego boost that we need. Um, but uh, I was host. I was Tyler, and I've been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, have yourself a fun time. But most importantly, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Thank you, Gables. Yep. Too sweet, baby. Too sweet, man. See ya. <laughs> Took it. Uh, just dangling. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys.